0: Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. When we feel overwhelmed and we do not know the way, let us remember that Christ is with us. Let us stick close to him in the midst of any and all difficulties so that we can feel the grace that he provides. Let us draw strength from him who walked and still walks with us, he who came to defeat death. Let us remember that his ways are not our ways. Overwhelm can be a gift It can bring us to the place where we have to let go of our way and accept Jesus. The first reading is from the book of Habakkuk, the prophet. In chapter 1, we read, Are you not from eternity, O Lord, my holy God, immortal? We are reminded that God is eternal, that his ways are not our ways, that He is other than us. We have a tendency to make God like us, and He is not. He is holy, and He is immortal. These prophecies remind us of the character of God. They give us qualities to ponder on that are very important to ponder in the middle of overwhelm or when chaotic things are happening around us, because when we do, we can turn our problems, as big as they seem, In the altar of God at the feet of the altar and say Father take it over we know that God wants to separate us to consecrate us to separate us from the world so that he can have an intimate relationship with us but sometimes the world just weighs us down confuses us we feel like there are so many things we have to take care of so many things we have to arrange prepare manage that we put all of our time and our effort and our energy into that. And when we come to our relationship with God, we feel empty. And if things around us are confusing, as many of the things we're experiencing right now are, because our children are or maybe not going to school, because school is going to start or maybe not going to start, because maybe there's a vaccine, but there, maybe there's not a vaccine, because people are being furloughed and then they're, they're called back, because people are going in the office and they're not just thinking about it. It's... Almost impossible to imagine. It's all happening at the same time. So these are the times when we can read with the prophet, why then do you gaze on the faithless in silence? Because in the midst of a lot of these things, we ponder. But it is free will. God allows us to move and to decide and to walk away until we are ready to come back. And in these situations of overwhelm, we come back saying, Lord, you do it. You do it. I can't. I don't know how to help me decide. I don't know how to decide. If you ask, God will answer. To the prophet Habakkuk, when he asks, the Lord says, write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it readily, for the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment and will not disappoint. I wonder if you keep a journal, for example. It is a wonderful way of keeping track of thoughts, feelings, and God's answers. Because one of the surest ways I have found to get myself out of a funky feeling of confusion is to remember that God has delivered answers before, that he has straightened the path, that he has provided the answer, the solution, even in ways that I could not have foretold. So a diary is a really beautiful way of building certainty and assurance inside of us to remember with gratefulness the things that God has provided, His gifts. It is actually a beautiful thing to start every morning with a sense of gratitude because if you stack up inside of your heart images of stories, feelings, and ideas that you have experienced before, true experiences where you have felt happiness, joyfulness, peacefulness, if you can start every morning by remembering the things that God did, Then this practice in the prophet Habakkuk becomes yours. You write these visions that God gives you for what desires he places in your heart, for what he wants you to do or how he wants you to be. And when we lose our ways, we can find them again in our diary. Maybe it's a visual diary. Maybe it's a box of things that you can collect. I have a friend who writes uh, on rocks and paints them and has a little box that just reminds her of all the beauty and the things that God has done for her. I like to collect photographs and visuals, so photographs are a beautiful way for me to relive with gratefulness the things that have happened, that have expanded my faith or my hope or my love, that all the um, theological virtues that God wants to expand in us. But these are things we have to practice. When we are being grateful, we cannot be angry. When we are being grateful, we cannot be anxious. When we are being grateful, we cannot be overwhelmed. So start every day, especially now as the summer ends, school starts, with a sense of gratefulness. Close your eyes, take deep breaths every morning, give yourself a routine of maybe music, where you spend two or three minutes just remembering, stacking feelings of wonder and beauty and gratefulness and power, places where you've been proud, where something fantastic has happened, and give thanks to God for each one of those. You'll see that your day aligns completely beautifully in a different way, because in gratefulness, you can find God's face. Psalm 9 is another place where we can find help in our prayer. You forsake not those who seek you, O Lord. Do you seek the Lord? How do you seek the Lord? I like to see Him and seek Him like Mary Magdalene. That's one of my favorite places. At times I'm confused and uncertain about where He is. Where is His face? Can I recognize Him when I see Him? When things go topsy-turvy, when things do not make sense, when I do not see his face and life becomes chaotic and I lose my way and my feelings get the best of me, I have to remember to come back to my breath, to take deep breaths because God, again, breathed into the mud in the story of Genesis as a sign that we return to our breath to find God. So take deep breaths. Inhale for a count of four, hold your breath. For a count of five, exhale. For a count of seven, and then hold your breath for a count of four. So you can do four, six, seven, four. In create a rhythm of inhaling, holding, exhaling for longer than you inhale, holding and inhaling again. And in your breath, you're going to find another tool to release stress and anxiety. And then when you come to the Holy Scriptures, you can find particular verses that can help you in your meditation. One that is extremely beautiful, and I remember and say it out loud even, is the Lord sits enthroned forever. This is so important when we are overwhelmed because God sits on the throne. I have a friend named Tana that says that all the time. He governs the people from that throne. And when we come to that throne with humility and an open heart, our Heavenly Father answers. Look at the next verses. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of distress. We trust you, Lord. We cherish your name. The Psalms, as we've said before, are wonderful ways to find recourse in the midst of difficulties or when emotions are getting the best of us. Because the Word of God has the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. And especially when we say it out loud, we find in this sort of incantation of saying those words out loud loud, that our own spirit finds a way of returning to peace. The Gospel reading today is Matthew 17. We find Jesus with the disciples after the transfiguration. And the feelings that Jesus displays of frustration and irritation with the disciples give me hope that Jesus felt all his feelings, all his human emotions. And he teaches us how to remain active, remain faithful, remain loving, remain kind in spite of our feelings. Imagine the scene... After the transfiguration, we see that a man comes up to Jesus and kneels down. Can you imagine this? You're walking in the street with Jesus and someone prostrates himself. Another one kneels. This happens often in scriptures. I love coming into the church and genuflecting in the back, acknowledging the altar, because it's a chance for me to join these men and women that actually saw Jesus with their eyes and paid homage to him. I get to do that at the back of the church in a silent way and I love that feeling that I joined them. And this man uses words that I use too. Lord, have pity on my son. Lord, Lord, have pity on me. That The Bible teaches us how to speak to God and how to act. It teaches us to pay homage, to genuflect, to say these words when we are in a place of great need. He tells Jesus, that his son, has a problem and he's suffering severely, falling into fire or water. So he is in fear of his son's life. And then he says something that we need to pay attention to. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And that's us. That's us. We try our best and we can't do it. We can't accomplish it. And we maybe arrive at Jesus' uh, feet at the end of our rope, we we do it our way and, and can't solve it. Uh, when I'm overwhelmed, I feel like I'm out of words to pray. And I pray this, Lord, have pity on me. <laughs> My kids laugh at me because sometimes I say, Lord, take the wheel. <laughs> Lord, take the wheel. These words are useful. And laying before God, even without words, just in His presence, is important. But look what Jesus says. Oh, faithless, perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I endure you? He has just shown himself as divine at the transfiguration. They have seen Elijah, they have seen Moses, and they're not performing, (laughs) they're not being faithful. So Jesus sounds irritated. He has so much patience with his disciples. But his frustration doesn't stop him from connecting. His irritation doesn't stop him from being kind. And from performing a miracle, feelings are not supposed to derail us from what we're doing. They're not supposed to be the reason why we disconnect from those that are around us. We can name our emotions, we can say them, but they cannot separate us from loving, kind actions. Jesus says, bring the boy here to me. And how many times have you felt frustrated or irritated and you've slammed the door and gone back into your room because you can't deal with the people that were doing something frustrating? Jesus doesn't do that. He expresses it and remains present in action. He doesn't remove himself. He doesn't say, I've shown you enough. I just show you the transfiguration. I've just given you something amazing. And this is how I have to hear that you're not even faithful, that you don't even have faith. He rebukes the demon and the demon comes out of this boy. He, he he expresses with authority that he rules over everything. So he rules over our emotions. He rules over our confusion. He lo- rules over our overwhelm. We can give him all of that and ask him to cure us from the things that ail us, from our anger and our anxiety and our depression and our worry But the disciples see this and they come to ask Jesus why could we not do this? Why could we not drive it out? Let us come to Jesus the same way with our impossible situations with humility, understanding we cannot do it and we may not like what Jesus says because he tells them this happened because you have no faith. Maybe they thought they were now developed to the point that maybe this was an impossible demon but They really are pondering, why couldn't we do this? The truth will set us free and Jesus will give us the truth if we ask. And it might be something about our personality or about our character or about our spiritual path, our virtues. Let us then pray to God to give us the faith of a master seed. Let us pray that we may be open to God's grace and to his Holy Spirit, that we may receive the help to move difficulties that are on our way that the problems and situations that overwhelm us can end like this pandemic. We can ask Jesus to move all these things, all these obstacles, all these difficulties. We know that with you, Lord, nothing will be impossible for us. Amen.